What's up out there, world? Stoked to be coming back at you with a new season of Wheelbite. Here in San Francisco, California, Jay and I have been hard at work over the last few months trying to round up some content for y'all. It's been a little busy for us personally, not just with trying to make the podcast, but, you know, our lives have been pretty hectic the last couple months, but we pulled it together and we got some new episodes coming your way. Enough content for season two. This first episode is a topic that we've kind of discussed in our free time as the shoe industry within skateboarding has expanded drastically and we thought it would be a really good topic to kick off the season and that is the idea of what is more important nowadays board sponsorships or shoe sponsorships we've kind of seen a dramatic shift over the past 15 years or so with shoe companies kind of starting to hold more clout than necessarily board companies they're both equally as important, but we kind of explore this idea within the episode. And it was a fun one to do because we kind of started to see how the dots were connected in ways that we hadn't necessarily thought about before. It all sort of just came together while we were having this discussion. And I think that's what makes this episode really interesting. So we have a whole new season for you guys here. Season two. It's going off. Enjoy. Welcome to San Francisco. Don't skate here. I feel like I feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow. East Coast powerhouse. From the New York, a fabulous walk. Carter, it is fucking Friday, the fucking tenth. Start getting a hundred bucks and I'll take out the Denny Hanna if you slide that seventy-five foot handrail. I especially like the flip of the board. All right. Welcome to another episode of Wheel Bite, coming to you live from San Francisco, California, live from Haight-Ashbury for the next few weeks. Today's topic, we are discussing the change from the focus of a skater's sponsorship going from board sponsors to shoe sponsors. It's not really something people talk about in the forefront, but it's definitely something that is a major shift right now in skateboarding. And I am host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater, and with me as always, Jay Green here. We are going to be discussing this issue today over I'm coffee. Sure a debate will happen. Oh yeah, over coffee, tea, beverages of sorts. But the first thing we're going to discuss is which one we personally pay attention to the most. I mean, for me personally, maybe it's just because I'm old. I always pay attention to board sponsors more than anything. I still think your board sponsor is the one that ultimately matters the most. 
<laughs> it says a lot about your character, what kind of artistic vibe you're going for, what you represent, the whole thing. Um, you know, someone's on zero or if someone is on anti-hero, they're probably a certain type of skater and have a certain type of trick selection, music tastes, whatever. Terrain. Yeah. They're exactly like their terrain is very much dictated by their overall steez and personality shine through with their board company or connected with their board company a lot more. That's the skateboarding that we grew up on and kind of the foundation that was laid since the very beginning, really. Oh, yeah. Because board sponsors were that there were more board companies and that's what they were ultimately trying to sell you you know they wanted you to buy their boards that's where pros income was mostly coming from back then and that's why they wanted to sell you those boards based on that kind of persona uh which one do you pay attention to more though oh man i definitely pay more attention to shoe companies now I'm I'm a product of the shift, definitely. I'm also a very big shoe guy, so I've always I've always been into sneakers and skate footwear and all all sorts of footwear, everything shoe related. But when I was thinking about this answer, what I was gonna say, I realized that it's not. I pay more attention to shoe companies now, not necessarily because I'm like a sneaker guy. Or I favor those companies necessarily over a board company. It's because I feel like I just see more footage and media because the four or five shoe giants have the majority of skaters in the industry now. Their shoe companies, these shoe companies, their teams are so big now that like almost all the skaters I want to pay attention to and I'm checking for it's because of a shoe company because they're putting out more footage. They're so diverse too, the shoe companies, you know, and sometimes it's like people you wouldn't expect too. like before this, we were talking about the Converse team a little bit and I was saying how crazy it is that like Rainey is on the same team as someone like Bobby DeKaiser or Kenny Anderson or even Louis Lopez because those dudes all rip, but they all have very distinct and unique styles. I bring up Rainey because obviously he is on a completely different terrain than all of the other people I just mentioned, but he's not better or worse than them by any means necessary. Now, however, I got to ask when it comes to shoes, have you ever waited overnight in line in a lawn chair to get like a dope pair of sneakers that you were dying to have because i see people doing that out here on hate street all the fucking time i have never done the overnight thing uh i did a couple like four or five a.m lineups but i never spent a night overnight no i only actually did that like two or three times to the early morning shit no, I was not not that crazy. <laughs> a few times, actually, I think we just partied super hard. Uh-huh. We like 
we like partied and just like drank all night and didn't go to sleep and then we would go line up at the sneaker store that was our method of camping if you will uh well let's backtrack a bit to what we were yeah, saying a moment um, ago to bring it back i want to i want to uh, go back to what i was saying um about just the the media output and what we see the footage and the coverage mm-hmm. um if you think about it like this say a team like adidas i think adidas uh, consist most consistently puts out little edits whether it be like a tour thing their europe division or like an introducing a new shoe or a new rider they have to do it like that and it's also a really brilliant business plan which is also obviously led to why these couple shoe companies have taken over and it's paid way more attention to than their board sponsors is they can't just do the video thing with the amount of riders they have now right so they can't just they can't just all this have no coverage uh no one knows who their skaters are no one knows any of their commercials or the new products they're putting out and then a couple years every couple years they just do a video that's like an hour and a half two hours long with 30 different riders if they consistently put out footage with like five or six riders in each little edit Mm -hmm. and they do that consistently which adidas does i swear they put out like an edit every week dc's been really good about that too the past couple years like they just did the street sweeper thing yeah yeah they had that one at the beginning of the year t-funk and tiago just like killing everything in their paths uh when wes kramer and evan smith were sharing apart you know they have all these different little edits that they put out to keep their product relevant because how often are they even putting out new shoes almost every season right like no they yeah they put out new shoes monthly you know what i mean like probably a few new styles at least monthly i can't be mad at that that's their style of marketing because it's pleasing for the skate the skater it's like they're putting out all this footage with the best riders very consistently i don't necessarily like a video is great away days was really good the way they did that and kind of put it together with just the whole theme and everything but you know we live in a age right now where our attention spans are so short that like constantly putting out the uh these edits and i'm sure i'm brainwashed like they got me adidas like that's exactly what they're trying to do is the first shoe company i think of like putting out all this footage is adidas so like it's working i guess yeah so let's backtrack even further a bit though because we did talk at the very beginning here about what it meant to get a board sponsor back in the day And how that was so central to your character. I mean, the first clear-cut example of something like that was the Bones Brigade in the 80s. You know, if you got on the Bones Brigade and were sponsored by Powell, it meant that you were one of the best in all of skateboarding. It said so much about your personality and your abilities. You know, Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero... Mike McGill, Rodney Mullen, Tommy Guerrero, Lance Mountain, all those guys were at the top of their game in their respective field. They were all placing in contests, if not winning contests, and the whole team was just stacked, you know? And that 
whole idea kind of shifted how people built teams. The next obvious example of that is someone like Plan B, you know? Plan B was the same way. They took people from H Street. They took people from Blockhead. They took people from all sorts of companies that were big at the time, including Powell. They wanted to be the most elite squad in skateboarding, and they achieved that so quickly people knew in the early 90s that if you were on plan b it meant you were probably innovating skateboarding in some major major way do you think it was more talent focus uh, opposed to like personality and character and persona at that point because that's what it that's what it is and it seems and sounds like to me like they were the best of the best i think that was the ambition in the 80s and early 90s what started to happen was around the mid 90s and we have girl and chocolate Egg, to kind yeah of that's what i was this. thinking of yeah they once they broke off and kind of proved like because First, Rocco was the one who proved skaters can start their own companies. That was his biggest contribution to all of skateboarding. Skaters can start companies. They can do everything themselves if they want to. And then Rick Howard and Mike Carroll became a little more business-minded, and they were like, well, we want to start our own thing. And their whole vibe was, we just want to have fun with our friends. And that's why they picked the people they did. It was all the people they hung out with. Like, even Chocolate was mostly a lot of EMB people. It was people that they couldn't quite get on the girl squad that they wanted to bring along for the ride, like Chico and Mike York and, you know, eventually Keenan and around Around that era is when I think definitely the persona and, like, character and, like, kind of who you were started to shine through more with the board companies because you can see a clear split with a lot of companies around that time being like toy machine i was just about to bring uh, up welcome to anti- hell anti-hero started to kind of cultivate more of their whole kind of fuck you type of thing right anti-hero meant that like you were grimy and in the streets yeah. and willing to get broke the fuck off and toy machine meant like you were gonna work really hard to do something that almost seemed unfathomable and it was a style of skating very much too yeah. so toy machine zero they had heavy handrail big gap skating mm-hmm. and then anti-hero was kind of all-terrain tranny street like park all all the shit and then girl and chocolate were like they were the raw street skaters they were the fun loving like group of homies and then even like beyond that like look at a company like alien workshop it meant that you were in the streets you were probably into some sort of hip-hop type culture like you look at like kalis and deer deck and fred gall east coast heavy yeah very east coast heavy or midwest heavy and then also it meant you know you had some appreciation for some weird kooky artsy stuff as well like all the stuff they were putting out like time code and memory screen was very weird and quirky but then even beyond that like look at zoo york 100 percent east coast new york based company that took all these different elements of New York culture at the time, whether it be hip-hop, graffiti, uh, like the culture of the actual streets themselves in New York City. The whole- New York went, like, the hardest with their, like, cultivating and, like, basically hammering in their whole steez. They right. went, they went, there was no compromise there. There was no way in hell 
ever that a fucking a certain type of skater like a a Jamie Thomas or whoever was ever going to be considered to be on Zoo York, you know exactly. what I mean? Like they were very clear with their line of the brand of skater that they had and they were looking for. And then I think the whole thing though with vibe and personality really peaked when you had like Baker come out. You know, sure, yeah. Baker was taking what sort of Jamie Thomas and Ed Templeton and like those teams had kind of cultivated in terms of a aesthetic of skating. But they were like, yeah, we're going to take that style of skating, but we're only going to show the people who do it, but also have the ability to get so drunk that they can't stand up. Well, that was that was their whole shit was. Oh, yeah. The party, the yeah. party crew. They the were the party, party crew for sure. That was their whole steez. And then, I mean, we all saw what happened with that. And then, I mean, you have all those teams putting out all these classic videos from the mid-90s to the early 2000s. You know, you have Welcome to Hell, Misled Youth, Photosynthesis, Mixtape, Baker 2G. They all had a very specific type of feel and look to them. Then this is the time where the shoe companies kind of start to creep in. And I think the first thing to bring up with that is uh, Manic Body. You know, before that video, there had been smaller shoe projects like no one ever talks about America's Yellow or Etni's High Five, both of which had some great parts from some great people. And they were really strategic, or at least from the video, it seems like they were strategic of kind of breaking the mold a little bit of kind of just everything we just mentioned with all the board companies having kind of a a cohesive across the board identity if you will Mm -hmm. they kind of as far as like putting out a a big production video that had a lot of eyes and a lot of media behind they really kind of i mean it wasn't a stretch you know a handful of those dudes could have been on the same board company or whatever but some of them but it was right sure but it was it felt different for for some reason i don't know i'm thinking back on it like the skating wasn't very very different you know like costin rodrigo they have a similar brand of skating. I mean, but, even Rick McCrank. But Rick McCrank was different, though. Rick McCrank was kind of the different part a little bit. He's an all-terrain dude. It felt like they kind of woke a lot of people up with that one. Well, I can't remember if it's the Arto epically latered or the Costin epically latered, but it's one of those. And they're talking about how they were approaching this video at first like, oh, it's just another video, whatever. But as time went on... And and they started to see the footage coming out that was for Manic Mahdi, they were like, oh, like I need to step my game up. I mean, even Kerry Getz was supposed to be on S. And once he saw the footage people were getting from Manic Mahdi, he's like, oh, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to do this. I can't be a part of this anymore. Like, I'm not going to be able to produce the same shit that like Tom Penny and fucking Ronnie Krager and all those people. Bob Burnquist. Yeah, exactly. So there's, again, there's a little bit of the like, the break. They seem to, I don't know, they had a good talent scout. They went all the way out with French Fred, you know, like doing the video and the way it was edited. Just, I don't know, people were used to maybe at that time had seen, 
you know, a handful of other skate videos, board company videos, you know, like the Girl Chocolate Productions and, you know, video days that were more like, I don't know, they had something more to it than just skateboarding. Right. I mean, they're advertising a completely different product here. That's why the board, the videos promoting board companies were so different in the sense that you're not just promoting your board company, you're promoting your whole team's persona and vibe that's why if you watch a zero video it's going to be danzig and slayer and stuff like that and that's why if you watch a girl in chocolate video it's going to be old school hip-hop and like old funk tunes and stuff like that or a baker video is going to have crusty punk jams and three six mafia because they were kind of straddling that line but the shoe companies had a more polished no pun intended, thing to sell. And I'm trying to think too, what were the big companies before this shift? You know, you had Vans. They didn't put out a video. Airwalk had a video, but I don't really, I mean, their team was kind of just whatever. I don't think Airwalks, were they really sold to the public as skate shoes or were they just sort of all purpose? That's like a little before our time. Yeah. Like a little But I don't think they were necessarily advertised all the time. Etnies was a huge company, has been a big company. They've been around forever. And And then America had that one video yeah but even like before that like because america and s and like stuff like that were kind of becoming popular and emerging at the same time well that's what i was gonna say this was the period now so you have manic body two years later you have this is skateboarding and they're looking at it like dvs blew up no that or sorry that was Wait, skate more was skate more sorry you're right this yeah is skateboarding so in, is... in a short amount of time you have manic Mahdi, this is skateboarding skate more and the dc video yeah 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 so all of these things are it not completely just, switched yeah right and they're these are videos too that are pushing skateboarding in a totally different direction like look at the dc video i put an article up on the website not long ago about how the dc video was a major shift for my friends and i personally just because up until that point you know you're watching all these videos where they're skating love park or embarcadero or some school down the street and you're like oh this is all kind of like tangible doable like i'm not as good as josh kalis but i can go skate like a park bench somewhere in my hometown you know there's ledges and curbs and shit fast forward to the dc video and now danny weighs on a ramp that costs more than my parents house let alone that no one had ever seen before that that video was like the introduction to the fucking mega ramp and dc was already so on it with their marketing because they had those dc super tours where they all wore jerseys and ken block and damon way kelly bird just talked about this in an interview he did but he said ken block and damon way were looking at how all these sports franchises were managed that they looked up to like the yankees or the lakers or something like that they were seeing what people connected with on that level but then bringing it to their shoe company for skateboarding so that's why you had those dc super tours And you had all these people getting pro shoes very quickly. This era that we're talking about, there's kind of a sweet spot of both. So it was maybe, you know, people didn't even realize, you know, I definitely didn't realize in the moment 
I have never been in the skate industry or, you know, deeply involved, but, you know, there was the board companies, everything was thriving. You know, the shoe companies were starting to really, really get a lot more attention. Their big production videos, like all the ones you just named. But the board companies, maybe they didn't even see it. They're like, okay, you know, sure, this is fine. There's still a lot of great, you know, media coverage coming out from board companies and boards are selling and the online stuff has not completely fucked everything quite yet but you know once it once it kind of i mean that's the very beginning phase of it i think when we bring up this specific topic for this episode i think me and you th- are more thinking of like modern day right you know what i mean but it's been a long i guess that's the point of talking about it is it's been a long lifespan or turnaround and it's interesting for me to even hear all this out loud because i didn't even necessarily think about the dc video and like shit like that as kind of switching over well i think the big turning the culture well i think the big shift came about when you go from fully flared to pretty sweet so here you have a video it's gonna be lakai's first big thing like they had beware the flare but that was more like a the vibe of a promo video. Like there was so much anticipation for fully flared. Right. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Way and, more than any other shoe video that came. And before they were it. like, it wasn't. I don't say this in a literal sense, like, but it was like they had they had the power to take that long to make the video mm-hmm. nowadays they don't and I, is that what you mean with comparing fully flared to pretty sweet well no what i was gonna say was fully they were both super anticipated videos fully flared was the big thing for mike carroll and rick howard's shoe company they were going to really put their mark on that side of the industry after they had already done so with the board videos like yeah right had come four years prior to fully flared or maybe five but it was right around that time so they're like all right we're gonna do this thing and they got all these extra people on at the last minute like guy mariano and costin so they were like okay now we got to develop their parts as well and then after that it takes another four or five years for pretty sweet to come out now mind you this is not like yeah right and hot chocolate tour where girl gets a video and chocolate gets a video this was like going to be one big epic project again the hype was so big but i felt like the board company on this tip could not deliver the same way the shoe company was able to i think a lot of fans were kind of let down by pretty sweet to an extent it I'd didn't agree. have the same impact that Fully Flare did where you know every Fully Flare came out and everyone freaked the fuck out and thought it was the craziest shit. So that was ever my seen. that was my point is that I guess you you said it plain and simple <laughs> that people were disappointed with Pretty Sweet. That's kind of my point is that Chocolate Girl Chocolate didn't have that luxury of everyone being like oh like come on like it doesn't matter how long it takes or like what you need to do like come on we just need it and that was how people felt about fully flared Uh uh-huh and then i feel like you know 
the rumor mill some things were lost with pretty sweet like maybe they rushed or they some things didn't people didn't get to film as long as they you know just all sorts of moving parts and it seems like maybe they felt more of a pressure that or a new pressure with pretty sweet that they had never felt before with the current climate of skateboarding being like the power shift was in full motion at that point with you know just these corporate companies taking over and that's where you really have to start to reanalyze all this stuff now all of a sudden all this corporate money is being dumped into these shoe companies you have nike you have adidas you have converse these are not companies that started out to make shoes for skateboarding like S or Lakai or Etnies or America. These were all companies that specifically started to make skate shoes for skateboarders. Vans is sort of the weird like bridge of the gap. Like, cause Vans was always a skate shoe company. Sure. However, a lot of people don't know this that, but Vans was bought out. Like Vans is big corporate money for years at this point. Oh yeah. That, but that's the thing. Like They started out as a skate company, but then they had the corporate money. And I, I think a lot of that comes from like, the fucking Warped Tour and shit. Like, they all of a sudden were... They found other ways to market their shoes outside of skateboarding, which allowed big money to come in. So therefore, they are the one shoe company that kind of is the best of both worlds right there. But that's the thing. Now, Nike, Adidas, Converse, all these companies that have big money backing their brand are now advertising shoes to a completely different market. And some of it in the beginning was quite hit or miss. (laughs) I think Adidas and even Vans a little bit and uh, companies like New Balance, they owe Nike a little bit, I'd say, because I want to just kind of relive how nike came back into skateboarding and has now succeeded Mm -hmm. we were just talking we were talking about this pre-recording here and i brought up nike's whole approach in Mm -hmm. 2000 whatever it was two three four their whole approach was very authentic seeming and organic it was a very east coast heavy team they were selling the street vibe gino ianucci danny supa todd jordan richard Mulder. it wasn't like hey we're big giant corporate company we're here to just take over skateboarding it was almost like they really had an eye for what they were trying to build and the vibe they were trying to build if i'm not mistaken i believe uh vinnie ponte got the job to kind of put that crew and that vibe together i think nike approached Vinny, and he had a big part in putting that all together and they buttered us up they almost like duped the skateboarding community it was like hey look how like connected to the real core hardcore street skating community how tapped in we are and they ran with that they took that and then people like us in San Francisco, as a San Francisco skater who you wouldn't think jumped to support a giant corporate company like that, seeing the team they put together and the vibe they were cultivating, I know me and like most of my homies were bought in from go. Once we saw that, it was it was on. We were we were all trying to cop dunks 
in skate and dunks and all the new weird Nike shoes they were putting out from 2002 to 2005. I mean, you look at a company like Nike too, and they have been great even today about building a roster that is remarkable. And this is where the big shift, I think, actually comes from. And this happened only a couple of years ago. So it was pretty big and sad news to everyone in skateboarding that Costin and Guy Mariano were leaving Girl. You know, that was huge news a few years ago that they both were done. They were going to start their own brand. Or I don't even think that was announced at the time. I think that was just a rumor that they were going to start their own brand. But the big thing I remember immediately thinking was like, oh shit, how are these guys going to make money without a board sponsor right now? Then you find out that Guy had just been offered a position on the Nike team. And based on that alone, Costin and Guy who are two people who have done very well from skateboarding. They're very successful. Technically, they were both child prodigies. And because of that, now the biggest shoe company is willing to throw a bunch of money at them. And they didn't need a board sponsor for a while because they could get their own brand in check, but also recoup enough money from their shoe sponsorship to keep them financially stable. People were tripping on that. I remember people were like talking like in, in interviews and like just it was like a big point of discussion. Like, how are they surviving? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're on Nike and they have so much fucking money as Eric Costin and Guy Mariano would have. I'm sure they have very lucrative contracts with Nike. And the also another one that stands out to me, because it's fair to mention Miles Silvis, because we bring up Costin and Guy. And at this point, when they're getting contracts with Nike, they've already hit legend status. Mm-hmm. But Miles quit Organica and was board sponsorless. And he was, at the time, one of probably the biggest like young prospects in skateboarding yeah he had put out that lrg part it was kind of all over he was on some whole other hype after that so he had gone from being like this underdog kid to a name everyone was mentioning in a short amount of time right and but he was on adidas So he was able to quit Organica, and this is just a kid, you know what I mean? He was just a kid who was backed heavy enough, getting good enough money, or it made enough sense to him to only have Adidas as a sponsor for a while. I want to say it was a while while uh, he was board sponsorless and maybe he was in talks with Costin and Guy about getting on numbers before any of us knew it. But that's a that's a young kid in the game who doesn't have legend status like Guy and Costin. I'm sure he can't rely on his name the same way they can. Right. But he was able to stay afloat and his name didn't lose any buzz by not having a board sponsor. Maybe even the opposite. There was this crew of people. Those three stand out the most to me but who definitely were able to survive and thrive 
without a major board sponsor or any board sponsor for that matter and even to this is i might be jumping the gun here but to super super fast forward we now have um we saw p rod do it and when he was building primitive we didn't know what he was doing but he obviously had all the nike money and now we're seeing shane o'neill do it shane o'neill has no board sponsor and apparently he's building his own board company but all these dudes have been able to just survive off the strength of their they have other sponsors obviously but none of these other sponsors are i'm sure competing with what they're getting from their shoe sponsors somebody recently proposed a theory to me that in like five to ten years there will only be one board company they'll just be the board company and everyone will get boards from them and the only thing that will really set you apart is your shoe sponsorship i predict boards are going to become so they're going to have to become so cheap just to compete with anything it's already completely flipping with the internet you look at how all the adidas skaters dress they dress in all adidas too and so do nike skaters so a while back i read this michael sieben thing on vice where he was talking about skating going into the olympics funny how this topic always seems to come up but he was referring to well skaters don't have a uniform they don't wear jerseys but then he said but wait aren't some of these board companies in the way they release boards looking like jerseys and he proceeded to post like several different lines of boards below and it was like you know when girl did that series with Karopi and hello kitty so it was a different character from that little cartoon world and a prose name on it. And then they showed a bunch of real boards where like the only thing different was the name and the color. And they showed a bunch of like even older blind boards and stuff. You know, all these things where the graphics were similar enough, but different well, enough po- too to promote someone. Well, yeah, board series. They would yeah. do a cohesive board series. That's been a thing now for a while. The board art is getting less and less original. There's only a handful of companies anymore who have... Have consistently kept the board art unique it's all these series now and again it's like jerseys i mean we could go off on a whole other episode with that right. you know what i mean but and that is all a product of it it's a product of people not caring about what's on their board necessarily nowadays they care more about everything has shifted with hype beast culture and fashion and just skateboarding blending into other basically like fashion and just like popularity contests like kids don't care about spending 50 or 60 bucks on an fa board because they have an fa board and that's the sickest fucking company to be riding a board from they are honestly one of the only board companies who i can say are kind of doing their graphics rights well it's because dill is still doing yes and he understands that shit on a different level you're right about that but however like do you see do you see my point there of like it's the same thing with the shoe companies mile every kids want to dress and skate like miles so they buy all fucking adidas gear head to toe Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you you don't see clothing companies thriving like they used to. Also, Elwood, Maddox, like all these other That's stuff. That's a good point. You're seeing fucking because there's Vans, Adidas, Nike, New Balance, Converse. Nike owns Converse, so there you go. But you're seeing all almost to 
what you're saying about jerseys. It's brilliant for these companies. It's too easy almost. It's yeah. like, oh, you're you're on our uh, shoe squad. Well, we also make like the sickest clothes and gear also just that's like that's what you're gonna rock so they're fitted head to toe it's like a soccer player or something you know what i mean no that's a really good point and the fact too that we are in a time where we hold athletes up in general on a very high pedestal making this episode one of the things i was thinking about was how you know when when you look at how many pro skaters have their own shoe the list is sort of endless if you name a pro skater they probably have a pro shoe because chances are they're well known enough within skating that some kid wants their shoe some kid wants to look and dress like kyle walker so they're gonna buy his pro model vans some kid wants to look and dress like paul rodriguez so they're gonna buy his nikes you know what you said about that with all the adidas gear is so true but then you think back about other sports hockey i don't think i need to get into it because you wear ice skates baseball soccer and football are solely reliant on turf-based shoes you're wearing cleats sure i'm sure like tom brady has a signature cleat out there but it's not like you're wearing that to fucking school or some event or anything you know because cleats serve a specific use basketball is really the only pro sports shoes you could wear in a normal public setting but when you think of all the basketball players that have shoes out you know there's so many basketball players there's there's all these different teams and each team has all these different players but only a handful of players within the nba have that kind of name recognition and attention. Like LeBron James has a shoe. Kobe and Michael Jordan, despite the fact they don't play basketball anymore, they will always have pro shoes. The same way someone like John Cardiel will probably always have a Vans shoe. But with the NBA, like it's all about name recognition. I can't remember if John's ever gotten a signature shoe on Vans. I could be wrong. So let's use a different example. But I get, I get, I'm just trying Tony to- Tony Trujillo, he just had shoes. We're li- I'm live fact-checking in my brain, and I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> but- That's the whole idea. Like, so many pro skaters have the name recognition that only a handful of basketball players have. And again- This comes back to how skaters in general are fucking chock full of personality. You know, we talked about it with the board sponsorship at the beginning and how board sponsorship said a lot about who you were as a skater. At this point, it has significantly less to do with that now and more like what tricks you're doing and if you're on the cover of Thrasher or if you're on fucking TV, any of that stuff. All those skaters who have pro shoes all probably deserve those pro shoes. And all the basketball players do as well. But there's just a totally different number. There's so many skaters. There's only a handful of professional basketball players. And in the professional basketball shoe market, it's really just nike and adidas competing with each other yes for the most part under armor's in there but they're still kind of looked at as like the ugly cousin who no one (coughs) like really wants to wear or support i didn't even know they made shoes so you're blowing my mind right oh what steph steph curry's bro you don't have some steph curry's i do not oh man you're slipping but he's yeah he is a person who i could understand would have 
a shoe. There, you're. I mean, you're totally right. I mean, now that they're giving out colorways as a form of a pro shoe, kinda, and letting the pros design it, it's completely exploded. And while you're talking about that, I was just realizing that it's almost switched for the brands too. Like, if you think about how much the sector of Nike skateboarding has grown compared to nike basketball over the years i'm willing to bet that nike skateboarding has grown way more they alone announced like what three new people on the nike sb team this year like i know don vanderlinden was one of them but then they announced like two or three other people with him when he got on the team i mean if you look at how they attract and dominate power like there's no these board companies just cannot compete and it's fair to relate it to the footage also because a lot of people equate what they think and a company's worth with their video and their media coverage and their ads and if you think about it this way if i'm a pro skater and nike's like hey your contract is 150 grand a year but we demand this amount of footage for this video and like it doesn't matter what what any type of other your con- other contract workings you have like we're paying you this insane amount of money mm-hmm. and we're we want this amount of footage and my board sponsor who i like but they're like hey we're paying you 50 grand a year but we demand some footage for this too and then when it comes around when time comes around your shoe sponsor is like hey we want that footage like they're gonna get the majority of the good footage you know because it's not as far as like these skaters choosing with their pockets the board companies can't compete so more or less the board companies are probably getting the the shittier b-side footage more often than not to an extent yeah and that's why i think the people who are on top of the industry right now you look at like your ashad wares or your kyle walkers or elijah burl ashad is kind of a unicorn because he could put out 30 minutes of all bangers a year i know but that's why he's on top you look at people like that they're right. able to put Louis together, Lope, yeah, yeah, they're Lowe. able to put together a quality part for their shoe sponsor and their and, board sponsor and shit. Maybe even and their four other parts. sponsors, yeah, yeah. yeah. or maybe just their homies video. Yeah. Like that's how it goes now. What I was gonna say too, when we were comparing it to the basketball shoe thing, the thing about the basketball shoes is you are solely getting money, not necessarily based on media coverage, but how much you're winning in skating, like. Costin is still probably making a decent check from Nike, but he's not winning contests anymore. Well, see, died. I don't know if I agree with that point at all because a lot of this big corporate money uh-huh. comes from incentives. So Nija winning Street League, he gets an insane incentive from Nike. I mean, I believe that. I'm not uh, saying that's not true, but I'm saying that's not the only basis for a company like nike to be giving him well that's not true that's not really true nike has plenty of contracts with basketball players who are are not have never won a championship but they probably don't necessarily have a pro shoe out sure maybe i could probably give you a few that kd had one of the most successful 
lines for Nike and he didn't have a championship until a couple years ago, you know. So they're more selling uh, a, a basketball player and their skills. Like you could be a good basketball, a great, amazing basketball player on a shitty team well, yeah, but and still have like a signature shoe. The difference between KD and other basketball players is though is that he brought a team. He's one of the best. Well, he brought a team too to the forefront that nobody really gave a shit about for a while that was the the oklahoma city thunder like i didn't know who the fuck the thunder were until kd was on the team and making loads of fucking dope moves and just crushing it him and russell westbrook were a fucking combo russell restbrook russell restbrook yeah (laughs) but ultimately now where this is going i don't want to believe that my friend's theory is true about how one day there's just gonna be one board company and then a you know, that's all that's going to matter. I don't want to believe that at all because I think the board companies are what keep skating interesting and fun and exciting. Like, that is still very much the aesthetic of how you are picked for your board sponsor. You look at a, cr- a crew like Pizza. I was, God, you stole it. All Hail Pizza, the big, small board company right, that's like, killing it. Yeah, and they all skate so uniquely, and I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about what they're doing as a board company. I want to see more of what they're up to. But then the shoe companies, they're always going to be dope. You're always going to get bangers from a Nike video or a Converse video or an Adidas video, but it's going to be all bangers and it's going to be like such a hodgepodge of footage because yeah, you will have like the tranny dogs and you will have the fucking gritty in the streets guys and then you will have like someone skating a big half pipe and it'll be all across the board and the only vibe will be we all skate for this huge shoe company anti-hero is a great comparison modern day anti-hero is just so perfect to throw into this conversation they are i mean if you're listening to this and you skateboard i shouldn't need to explain anti-heroes whole shtick and they're the skate company for skaters right supposedly (laughs) right but we have about 60 70 percent of the skaters on anti-hero are sponsored by nike right right so that is just i i love that i love that that's just like a mind fuck for a lot of people and that alone shows you how that industry and the culture has shifted what once was or not what once but you may think at one point in time the majority of anti-hero riders and their direction is like fuck corporate money fuck fuck corporations taking over uh this skater owned skater led business like fuck that shit but no now they've done collabs together they employ the same people the wall has been blown apart Mm -hmm. like there's there's no real i don't want to say standard because i love it nike and anti-hero are actually two of my favorite companies so and they're doing good business they're do they're making great shit and they still have the rawest fucking skaters and they're still putting out the rawest fucking footage so for all the crusty hating ass fools out there who are cringing when they see something like that you're kind of like you're kind of almost being hypocritic hypocritical i think because like who gives a fuck 
they're putting out good fucking skateboarding and they're fucking they're still fostering good skaters and they're not like i don't see it as them ripping away from anything no you're right i mean even just look at the fact too that one of the people that is in the mix with both those companies is fucking brian anderson brian anderson isn't some corporate shill type guy you know he was a guy who in the beginning didn't even really want to be a pro skater he was just like oh i just happen to be this good and i'm in this really great video and in the mix with these really great people so now this is the path i'm on and he's chosen wisely to be on nike and he was one of the first people like in the mid 2000s to be involved with them and then he got on anti-hero because he was riding so many anti-hero boards he was tight with those dudes and it was a no-brainer for him to go to a place where he would be welcomed and feel at home and he even said on his episode of the nine club that when he got on at the time he was only riding anti-hero boards so he crosses that realm splendidly between those two companies and at this point anyone who's denying that there's corporate money in skateboarding has their heads up their fucking asses whether it be on the boards or the shoes like there is corporate money in some of these board companies we can't deny that and then there's definitely corporate money in some of these shoe companies i don't see it slowing down at all i don't know if i agree with your homie in that there's gonna be one I don't necessarily either. And like I said, I don't want that to be Bringing up companies like Pizza and F.A. and Hockey and Weekend and, you know. 917. 917. There are these dope, artistic, uh, you know, skater-owned companies that are thriving and they're coming up. They may not be doing numbers like Old Girl Chocolate Days and dominating like that. But, you know, I, I do see the nike and adidas and vans and so on and so forth dominating the majority of the talent and dominating the airwaves if you will with just the amount of media they're able to put out if you even think about this as a comparison because we started with menik Mahdi, right with the shoe takeover there was eight people maybe on that team including like if you want to include like mikey taylor and ronnie krieger and like some of the other dudes hang on let's let's consult the library if you want to if you take a team like that eight people yeah you're right Right, so even even just to be fair, throw because is that the one listed with Mikey Taylor and P Rod? Um, no, Mikey Taylor, just P Rod. Okay, so throw because Mikey Taylor was on there around that time, and Ronnie Krieger was on or not on whatever. We'll save that for another episode. So we'll round it to ten. Okay, they got a solid roster of ten. Right, that's what they have to work with. They have maybe a year plan of how we got to put out this many ads, we got to put out this many videos or edits, whatever it may be. That's 10 people to pull from for their whole squad. And you compare it to now of Nike, I Nike couldn't even probably list their whole fucking team. It's got to be over 30, 40 plus skaters. Yeah. So if you think about that from just putting out media standpoint, they're able to do it at such a rapid pace because all they have to do is pull on a few people every so often and then they're on to the next crew. It's just too it's too easy for them. They almost make it kind of disposable 
if that's the case. Well, we all know footage is very short-lived and disposable today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I blame the internet much more than I blame shoe companies for that. Absolutely. However, the shoe companies have, with their big monster rosters, and uh, I don't know, man, look at just all the Nike videos and how they had to do that with the Chronicles volume. They couldn't even put all their skaters in one video. You know what I mean? That's a good point. And then meanwhile, you had Lakai who tried to follow the same formula as before. They put out a video last year. That was their first video in about 10 years as a Lakai project. And it didn't really hit the same way that Fully Flared did. So we're in the middle of this shift. Um, and you're right. It's not going to slow down for either side. I think there's still going to be a ton of small board companies until eventually it's oversaturated to hell. And I think that the shoe company thing is still going to very much be keeping a ton of people under one umbrella. How do you feel about it? I'm kind of mixed because like I said, I love the fact that board companies are so in tune with the personality of their riders. I think that's super important. I mean, I always have, but mainly that's because I grew up on, you know, Zero videos and Baker videos and their personality all shine through in both their skating and the music they selected and the footage that they decided to show that wasn't skating related. But meanwhile, I do like the fact that Converse and Nike and all these big shoe companies can put out a video with all these different skaters doing all this different type of shit. So I'm kind of a fan of both sides and I hope they stay the way they are, but we both know that that's not what's going to happen. Everything's going to continue to evolve forward. Ted's favorite video of the year was the Converse video. I did have a special place in my heart for that and uh unless and, a company and... wants to drop a, a new video in the next four months that outdoes it like I, I welcome that with open arms please do please continue to blow my mind correct me if i'm wrong but you were rocking some adidas not too long ago i was rocking a pair of adidas and now i'm rocking a pair of vans but I'm they not, got you i'm not they I'm, got you I'm, this guy would only wear americas when i met him Oh, actually, that was my last pair of shoes. I was wearing the the Jerry Sues. I'm just giving you a hard time. But they did get you. I mean... They gotcha. Deluxe gets me with their fucking clearance rack. Yeah, That's what it comes would, down yeah, to. Yeah, but you wouldn't wear them if you weren't kind of down with their whole steez. Of course. It's funny, too. In the midst of all this, I'm surprised one company we didn't mention was Huff. Yeah, like there's uh, yeah. a skate shout there's out a, huff yeah there's a small skater owned shoe yeah, company for real that though. is definitely making personality shine through with their shoes and the perfect example is like look at those dylan reader shoes that he designed like, but huff is too smart huff's like such an og and he knows that he doesn't have to reach for the stars to kill it you know what i mean socks he, he stay yeah <laughs> he just needed to sell weed socks and become a bajillionaire he, st- he stays in his lane kind of you know what i Absolutely. mean Absolutely. he doesn't try and he just they they do what they do and they do it well i agree and maybe that's something that other skaters who are considering starting shoe companies can learn from sure. and maybe that's where we'll see the industry go so yeah. it may come full circle can only hope 